before we begin our lesson, I want to do just a little bit of backtracking. And I want to start off in Genesis 2 where God created man. Um, the first of mankind was Adam. And when God created Adam and he formed him in Genesis 2, um, the Bible says that he put him into the Garden of Eden to tend to it, to guard it, and to keep it. For just a moment, I want to read that. So we're going to start off in Genesis 2, verse 15. And it reads, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden to tend and to keep it. And, the, and, the, and God commanded him, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, you shall surely die. And so, so God created Adam and he put him in his garden and he, put, and he gave him stewardship over this garden. And so the Bible says, if you keep reading, in chapter 3 is the fall of man. And so what began to happen, God, God told them they could eat from any of those trees in the garden except the tree of, of the knowledge, good and evil. Well, we know by virtue of the scripture that they disobeyed. And because they disobeyed, uh, God told him that what would happen would they would die. So that death that they experienced um, came upon all mankind. So because of Adam's disobedience and because of Eve, because of Adam's and Eve's disobedience, it caused man to experience the curse of the earth. And so what began to happen, what began to happen, anyone that came after Adam uh, came into what we call the nature of sin, where we didn't do anything to become sin, we were born into this world, um, birth in sin and iniquity, as the author David said. And so God had to begin to devise a plan that would uh, restore mankind back to himself and um, into a right relationship. Because before the fall, man was in perfect union with God. Man was in perfect communion with God. Before there was no sin, which means there was no need to repent. So the, the devil in the form of a serpent began to deceive Eve, causing her to disobey God. And her and Adam both made the choice to sin against God. Genesis 3 is historically known and biblically known as the fall of man. And this is where everything started. Prior to Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve were in consistent communion with the Holy Spirit and with God in the garden, enjoying the fruit of his spirit that is produced from his presence. God told them they could eat from any of the trees, but the tree that was in the middle of the garden. The tree that was in the middle was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God told Adam that the day that they eat from this tree, that they would surely die. Now understand, this death that God was speaking of wasn't a physical death. And so they were physically alive, but because they ate from this tree, the, the separation that began to happen they begin to they begin to um, die spiritually, where that means to be separated from God. So they so there was a spiritual death that began to take place, and not only that, the Bible says that their eyes opened and they knew they were naked. And so prior to them eating from the fruit, they had no knowledge of evil. They only had knowledge of good, which means they could only apply good. And so it began to happen because their eyes opened, they begin to become morally corrupt. And so a lot of things begin to take place once they disobey God. They, they spiritually died, which means they separated from him. They became morally corrupt and they were eternally separated from God. And so this is why God had to begin, begin to devise a plan to restore everything that the devil did in the garden. 
we know that God began to put this plan together through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In one moment, in one moment, mankind was eternally separated from the life of God and had no access to him. Romans 5.12 reads, Therefore, just as one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, so death separated all men because all sin. Now let's move down to verse 18 in Romans chapter 5. So then, just as one trespass brought condemnation to all men, so also one act of righteousness brought justification and life for all men. For just as though for just as through one man many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man many will be made righteous. And so what the scripture is conveying is that just as sin fell upon the whole earth unto mankind through Adam's sin, God began to use Jesus Christ uh, to reconcile the world back to himself. God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin so that we can be made the righteousness of God. And so, so it's a gift. And so in other words, the same way we didn't do anything to become sin, we didn't do anything to become righteous. Righteous was our new state. Once we receive Jesus Christ, righteousness is imputed. It's not, it can't be earned. It can't be deserved. It's just something that we, we receive by way of believing. The psalmist, the psalmist David says the best uh, in Psalms 51.5. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. And so oftentimes when we come into this earth, we come with a sake, with a with the conscience of sin, and we come with the nature of sin because we come, we have a fallen state because of Adam's sin. So that so now we understand why there's a need of repentance. In the gospel, a man by the name of Nicodemus came to Jesus and asked him a question. The question that he asked him, he says, "What must a man do to be born again?" And Jesus' response was, "He must be born of the water and of the spirit." That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then Nicodemus begins to say to him, How can he be born in his mother's womb again? And Jesus' response was, That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. A man must be born again. He must be born of the water and of the spirit. And so what Jesus was giving reference to was, the water baptism, which is an outward expression of the human change, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is which is that new birth. When when that when a when a when a state and conscious of of death of the old nature is regenerated, and God begins to fill you with the when God begins to fill us with the Holy Spirit, and He literally quickens our whole mortal body, and now. Our moral conscience, which were, which were turned off, are inactive. God begins to activate it, and He gives us He gives us a new heart and a new and a new, and He makes us a new man. So now that we understand why we need to repent, let's talk about repentance. The scripture that that I often think about when Jesus is saying repent is Matt is Mark eight thirty four, and it reads Jesus says. Whoever come, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and follow me. And so, what this means is Jesus is saying that if you does anybody that desires to come after him, 
then we have to deny our old way of thinking, our old way of believing, our behaviors, our thought processes, and we have to begin to seek first the kingdom. We have to begin to seek his way, his way of living, his way of thinking, his way of being. So repentance is a change that takes place in a person's life as a result of the Holy Spirit's job to illuminate the state of one's conscience. So we go from a, of a state of conscience of sin and deception to a, to a state of conscience of uh, righteousness and truth. And so because we were morally corrupt and spiritually dead prior, God fills us with his Holy Spirit and he begins to make us a, a complete different creation where desires begin to change, you know, um, appetites begin to change. But it happens over time, but it doesn't happen without the process of repentance. Repentance, uh, the Greek word for repentance is mantanonia. It means to have another mind. And so there's a process where, where it has to begin to happen, where we have to take the time to renew our mind because um, although our spirits are, are saved and new, our mindset has to be changed. God has to give us a new operating system. And so that operating system um, begins to change over time when we begin to uh, put ourselves under the faucet of the word. The Bible says that the word of God is a seed. The word is a seed. But the water, the word is also referred to in, in, in Ephesians as water. And so when you, are, when, you, when you allow the word of God to be planted into your heart and then watered over time, then, that's, then we get to the scripture where in Romans 12, where it's 12 and 2 where it says, Be not conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, so that we may prove what is the good, the perfect will of God. And so what happens is the old way that we used to think and the old way we used to live, we have to be willing to lay that aside. Repentance means to turn away. Repentance means to, um, to consider another way. In other words, when God, begins to, uh, when God begins to show me the way I'm doing it is wrong, now, I'm, now I want to turn away into the right direction. Okay? There are, there are two translations there are two Hebrew translations that were oftentimes referred to in the Old Testament. Nahum is one, and it means to feel remorse or to be dissatisfied. The other, the other translation is shub, and it means to return to God. And it has to do with the making a radical change, and it's usually connected to the emotion that we feel when we when we feel bad about uh, when we feel bad about sinning against God. Our, our lifestyle and so that emotion arouses in us and, and ultimately causes us to make a, a, a shift, causes us to make a change where we repent and we literally turn back to God. So repent, repent deals with the idea of changing and exercising our mind in order to conform and alter our pattern of thinking into God's way of thinking. And so when it says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it may, it, that's saying that I'm conforming. I'm conforming and I'm allowing myself to be transformed into his way of thinking, into his way of being, into his way of living. In order for this operating system to, to be changed, we have to set our minds and keep it set. Romans 8, 5 says, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the flesh. But those that who are according to the spirit set their minds on the spirit 
Romans chapter 8, verse 7 to 8, it reads, Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so what the scriptures is saying that in the flesh, in our flesh nature, it's impossible to please God. The flesh is not designed to obey God. So this is why, and, and because, because the flesh is still connected to the ground, because the flesh is still connected to the fallen state of mankind, God had to give us a new spirit, but we have to begin to feed our spirits, and we have to begin to set our, set our minds and keep it set on pleasing God. And so what that looks like as it pertains to repentance in our relationships, in our, in, um, on, on our job, wherever we are in our life, it just looks like as we fellowship and commune with the Holy Spirit and He begins to speak to us about matters of our life and He begins to make those corrections as it pertains to how I'm parenting, how, it could be how I'm parenting my child, you know, um, how I'm talking to my spouse, you know, how I'm talking to my coworkers and my boss. Then we, we, we make, uh, every time He corrects us or He brings wisdom to us, then we just make, we just turn. And we just make adjustments and that's what repentance looks like it looks like well the way that i learned is not correct and when holy spirit uh, corrects me being willing to make adjustments in order to please god in order to do it his way so repentance is progressive it's not necessarily a one-time thing Oftentimes we think repentance is just a one-time thing. We repent, we, come, we, we get saved, and that's it. But repentance is actually progressive. It's a lifestyle. So now we have to begin to um, incorporate it within every day. So every day that we wake up and then we make a mistake, we, we slip and we fall. You know, we do something that we regret, then we repent, we turn around and keep going forward. You know, that we don't get caught up in the mistake. We don't get caught up in the in in an accident, we don't get caught up in what we did wrong, but we just continue to repent and we continue to go forward. Let me give you an example real quick. As one that grew up fatherless, I was totally ignorant to the fact that, I was totally ignorant to the fact of how to be a father. And so I began to lean upon Holy Spirit and the Word of God to teach me how to be patient and how to be kind and how to be slow to speak and quick to, and quick to listen as it pertains to my children. And I learned how not to provoke my children to wrath, but to raise them in the wisdom and admiration of the Lord. And so because I, I was open to the will of God and I wanted to be the best parent possible, I began to look, I began to look toward God's word that would help me, that would guide me, that would lead me in the, in the best appropriate way to raise my children. And so that's what repentance looks like. It looks like I'm going to put down things that I might have learned through observation, things I might have learned through things that, things that I might have thought was right. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn away from that and I'm, 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 I'm going to consider God's way. So I just want to encourage you just for a moment. It may be something else for you. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal the things that, you would, that he would like to talk to you about so that he can align you to God's purpose for your life. Holy Spirit wants to be a, in part of involved in every aspect of our relationships.
He wants to be a part of uh, us. He wants to be a part of our life as it pertains to being a husband, as it pertains to being a wife, as it pertains to being a father, as it pertains to being a mother. He wants to even be involved as it pertains to being a son and a daughter. And so, even on the job, God wants to be involved. And so we have to begin to um, open ourselves up to Holy Spirit so to allow Him to deal with us where we're doing anything that, that we may not know that it's not right. If we keep our hearts open, He'll begin to talk to us about those areas so that we can embrace a lifestyle of repentance. If you're watching this and Holy Spirit was speaking to you about something I said, I just want to pray for a moment with you and just repeat after me. Father, you said in Matthew 6, 33, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things will be added to me. Therefore, I present myself to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. I repent if I've done anything displeasing to you. I repent from wrong ways of thinking, wrong ways of believing, and wrong ways of acting. Holy Spirit, reveal those areas that I need to work on to make me aware so I can be more conscious of the decisions that I make. Help me to set my mind and keep it set on pleasing you. I cast down every thought and imagination that would exalt itself against the knowledge of you. And I bring every thought into captivity to the, to the obedience of Christ. I lay aside every weight and every distraction that would hinder my life, my development, and my relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, friends, I hope y'all was blessed by the message. God bless you.